Hello, everybody. This is our new segment starting this week with Hoosier State Highlights. So I'm Adam, and as always, I'm here with Joey. So, Joey, how are you doing today? Doing good, Adam. I'm excited to see what you have in store for us with this new series. So we'll kind of give a quick segue into how this will work for everybody. Um, The idea basically is going to be stuff that we wouldn't maybe cover during the podcast or isn't something we need to discuss in length. We think will be topics that we decide to bring up. And so we had a couple of things that we didn't have enough time just because of running out, you know, of our hour time limit, you know, hour and 15 yesterday. So what I would like to do is just quickly go through what we'll be talking about. So we're going to cover some minor league baseball around Indiana today, the Olympic trials, as we mentioned on the podcast yesterday. And then there's some upcoming news with coaches coming in at different programs around the state. So what I'll do, Joey, is I'll kind of start us off with the minor league baseball teams. And I think Joey and I each follow a different minor league team in the state. And so what I wanted to do, you know, today is just simply kind of talk about the Indianapolis Indians first, and then we'll talk about the Fort Wayne 10 caps. So what I have for our first topic simply is, you know, the Indianapolis Indians are, you know, in the midst of their season. And I know we haven't really talked about them at all this week. And so again, last night, the Indianapolis Indians actually did play a game. And so the record will be updated, but they lost again. So Midway through the season, they're at 29 and 39, which is the third worst record in the International League for AAA baseball. So what's interesting about their schedules this week, simply put, is that they'll be playing all of their home games at home, which is a nice little way to lead up into the 4th of July, which I know down in Indianapolis, you know, the 4th of July game is one of those traditions as a kid. I always got to go to, so I know they'll be playing some away games before that kind of comes back. So, Joey, I'll have you kind of read about the Fort Wayne 10 caps because I know you go to their games and you actually have a following and whatnot for that. So take that away for us as well. Yep. So similarly, the 10 caps are also about at their midway point in the season. They're setting just below 500. Uh, Last we looked, it was 30 and 33. I think they've played one or two games this week, but altogether an average season for the 10 caps but i did want to throw out there adam mentioned i like attending these games i was just at the game on father's day the other day and the 10 caps did get a win there but just wanted to mention that because if you haven't had a chance to make it out to parkview field in fort wayne and adam i know if i remember correctly you got to go to a game with me there when we were in school we went with my mother but a beautiful stadium especially for it being a single a stadium and uh, the Tin Caps is a team that I've been following for a couple of years. And one of my favorite things, Adam, and I'm sure you feel this way about the Indianapolis Indians too, is you go and you watch some of these players and you know that their hopes and dream is to make the major league. And then two or three years down the road, you see one of those players in the MLB and you're like, hey, I watched him down in Indy, right? Hey, I watched him in Fort Wayne. So it's always cool experience that way too. Well, and what's interesting that you mentioned about that is I'm big into following prospects just because I do fantasy baseball and whatnot. And so I don't own the Indianapolis Indians prospect, but Henry Davis, who's a catcher and was picked number one in the draft, I want to say just a year or two ago, might have been 2021 even, you know, he's already being elevated to the Pittsburgh Pirates. 
And then another guy I follow, I, I'm not sure if he's still there for the 10 caps is Jackson Merrill, who's a shortstop. And so he's, you know, both of those guys are pretty highly rated prospects. And, you know, I remember, oh, who was it? We, we talked about this. I think it was Tad East Jr. who plays for the Padres, who are the Fort Wayne 10 caps single A affiliate. And so I know for you, you kind of always kind of get goosebumps thinking about, you know, Taddy used to be here. And, you know, there's been certain players, certainly with the Padres that I followed up as well. But, you know, it's interesting you brought back all those memories. We went to a couple of games in high school. Yeah, and- I, I thought we did. But you, you mentioned Fernando Tatis Jr. And I, I'll just tell this real quick story here and then I'll let you continue on. But about, I don't know, five or six years ago, whatever it was, we went to a base or 10 caps game. And at the time, I enjoyed 10 Caps game, but I didn't really follow. I didn't know who was in the system that was any good. But obviously, as you would do when you're at a baseball game or something, you're taking pictures and posted those pictures on Facebook. Then a few years later, they popped up on my memories. And I'm looking, I'm like, number 23 for the 10 Caps in whatever year it was. So I look it up and I had a picture of Fernando Tatis Jr. there running down the third base line. So it was just a really cool moment for me to see that because, you know, you think back about watching these players while they're there, and then you go through some of your own photos, and you have photos of them too. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I I just remember the games in high school. You know, you get a very close experience when you start attending these games. I know we went to a couple, and I remember – one of the biggest things, like, I think I talked about, because, like, I remember I felt really bad about your mom paying for tickets for me, and it's like, how much do these cost? And I think she said, oh, it's, like, only three or four bucks. So, you know, going to a minor league game is a great way to, you know, watch professional-level baseball, you know, on a family-friendly budget. You know, it's one of those things that I haven't done yet this year, but as I am kind of honestly, you know, you got me looking at games next week now. <laughs> and being curious about, you know, what the schedule is. I know the 10 caps actually will be playing a game in Fort Wayne on July 4th. And conveniently that's family feast night for them. So that makes it all worth the while potentially of going to a game coming up. And I don't know about you, but it's something we could certainly talk about later, but absolutely, but I know it's a great opportunity, you know, for people to see baseball up close. And, you know, I, was telling you one of the reasons we had to cut our podcast short last night is I had, you know, one of my students baseball games I went to and, you know, he won the championship and it, it kind of reinvigorated what baseball is all about to me. You know, those up close experiences, you know, getting to watch, you know, good level competition, you know, seeing people win, you know, really got me thinking about my coaching days in the near future. But I know that that is just, you know, something for me, that I take away is baseball is about those memories and it is kind of, you know, that traditional sport. And so certainly we'll kind of keep people more updated on the, on the Indians and 10 caps probably won't be every week or anything like that, but you know, we'll, we might check in after the 4th of July and every couple of weeks and just add it, you know, to these podcast notes and whatnot. So that's what I have on that. But moving on to our next topic is the U S Olympic trials. Now, this kind of caught me by surprise last week and there's been some more news and whatnot on it since, but tickets are officially on sale for the U S 
you know, national trials. And what is weird about that is people would be like, okay, woohoo, big deal. But what I didn't realize about that is that it's actually taking place at Lucas Oil Stadium this year and particularly in the weeks coming up. So I don't know about you, but I visited Soldier Field recently in Chicago and, you know, saw, you know, all sorts of special Olympic trials things and they have like an eternal flame burning. And, you know, it got me really thinking about the Olympics and, you know, its significance as well for the sake of sports. But for the city of Indianapolis, you know, what's the significance of this, do you think, in your mind? Is it a big deal for them or is it just kind of run of the mill? They had to choose somewhere to go. Uh, no, I think it's definitely a big deal. I mean, you kind of mentioned it when you was up there in Chicago. You, you start thinking about the Olympics and just the history in that event. And anytime your city has the opportunity to play any kind of role in that is huge for the city. And then on the other hand, for Lucas Oil Stadium, if I'm correct, that's just like the swimming Olympic trials, right, that they're holding there? Uh, the way that it's like going to be encompassing a bunch of Events. So almost think of it as like the NFL scouting combine in Indianapolis where you have all sorts of different drills and things going on. And I think part of the appeal is, you know, it's an NFL stadium. You can fit quite a few fans in there and you have a lot of room in there to be able to work if you're doing yeah, it, you know, somewhere I'm glad else. you mentioned the fitting the fans in there because that was going to be one of the things I was wanting to look forward to is, well, how many how many people are going to be able to attend? How do we go about trying to attend this? Or is it going to be, you know, tickets sold to the public or what? Because as I mentioned with an event as historic as the Olympics, at any capacity, it would be, it would be almost a once in a lifetime opportunity to attend something that has to do with the Olympics. Well, and I don't know about you, but the Olympics are one of those things that are really off limits nowadays to a lot of the general public, just because of how, big of a deal around the world it is and you know for an average joe like me you know i'm not going to be able to pay for those tickets so you know it it is it's kind of goes back to what we were just talking about with the indians and 10 caps where you know it's a up close experience with some olympic level athletes now i don't think it's going to be like you know basketball or anything like that you know usa basketball reigns this time of the year you've got you know the the draft prospects coming up so I think you are looking at, you know, maybe more of the running sports and the gymnastics aspects of it. And so I have to agree with you. I think, you know, it's incredible for the city of Indianapolis. I know they've got that. They've got the scouting combine, which unfortunately starting after next year won't be held every year in Indianapolis. And then, you know, they've got the NBA all-star game coming next year to Indianapolis and that's something that you know we'll touch base about again later as well but I don't know about about you know a lot of other people out there but you know just the appeal of people in events like this coming to Indianapolis in terms of sports to me is pretty significant because you know we're not a major market city we're a mid-major market and there's a difference you know Atlanta might hold the Olympics Los Angeles might hold the Olympics Chicago New York City Philadelphia places like that but you know this is a way to get you know some other cities in this process as well so for me incredible experience for Indianapolis that they're going to be able to host these so with that being said let's go ahead and move on into our next topic and then we'll just have two more things and be able to wrap it up pretty quickly but this is just a brief highlight I wanted to note. So 
IU women's team has hired an assistant head coach, and I found this pretty interesting. So it comes in the form of former Kentucky guard Amber Smith. And so, like all fans around the state, IU is hopefully going to be very welcoming to her despite their recent issues with Kentucky. And so, Joey, that was real brief. And the next two topics will probably be the two that we kind of talk about the most because we each have a little bit of an investment into this. But we're going to talk about Max Clark. And we mentioned him on the podcast briefly yesterday and last week as well. So for those that don't know who Max Clark is, he is a high school bat or sorry, high school baseball player out of Franklin High School, which is a little bit south of Indianapolis. And so what his significance is, is that, you know, he's getting ready to go into the major league draft next month. So he is considered a high first round pick top 10. I want to say around eighth overall is where a lot of, you know, analysts have him currently going. So I don't think that, you know, the talent is the issue. So one thing I want to do with these Hoosier state highlights is maybe to encompass something that you don't hear about every day. I I was telling Joey, Maybe think of this as like a feel-good story or, you know, something inspirational that maybe behind the scenes people don't get to hear about every day. And so what I would mention about him is first, we know that we talked about him two weeks ago as the National Gatorade Player of the Year. You would be thinking that, you know, he'd be making headlines right now for draft preparation and talking about what team he wants to join. But he made highlights this week for a very good reason. So for the right reason. So He and some of the Franklin High School alum from USA Baseball held a clinic at Franklin High School this past week, which gave kids the opportunity to learn the fundamentals about baseball. So I don't know about you, and I'll I'll read Clark's quote on this in just a second about its significance to him. But Joey, if you had the opportunity to learn from someone that is on the fence of becoming a professional player. How would you feel about that type of experience? Well, we, we talked last week about when you're a kid growing up in Indiana or any state, you could, anybody could apply this to themselves, but you kind of get in this mindset of I'm just another person in the state, or let's just use Franklin as a city, as an example, growing up in Franklin, you think it's nothing special, but then you see somebody like Max Clark and you start to get that realization, like, hey, if he can make something out of himself, I can do that too. And then to take that another step forward, Max Clark already, a reminder, he's still a senior in high school. So we're talking about a kid basically being mature enough to realize, you know, hey, I've been given this this honor. I'm going to use it for good. And I'm going to show these kids that they can do exactly what I did if they just put their mind to it. I think think that speaks volume for what kind of character he is. Well, and not that I want to get distracted from this, but part of what got me actually researching this story is, and I wish we would have started this series last week, is last week, Flory Bedinga, the Kokomo High School basketball player, also a national Gatorade player of the year, so again, an elite talent, hosted a basketball clinic at Kokomo High School. So again, you know, it's the same thing for those kids, exactly what you're talking about. You know, the significance for, you know, maybe the player isn't huge, but for those kids it is it inspires a love of sports into the upcoming generations now I I know that for years we used to go to those Colts camps when we were kids and you know we would look for the signatures that's waiting in line I think it's a whole different 
idea, learning from those players, picking up on what someone that's about on the fence of being a professional has to teach you. And I think those kids take that in as a very humble experience. And I think those the players feel like they want to give back, which is going to lead me to kind of quoting what Clark had to say about the event. So Clark put it simply this way. I can remember being in their shoes as a nine-year-old, 10-year-old, and just kind of adoring the high school guys. So now that I'm in the position to lead these kids down the right path, it's a really cool feeling. So I know we said that it may not be a big deal to some players at that level, but it seems like to me Max Clark is taking, you know, the lessons that were taught to him and the inspirations behind sports that he wanted to play as a kid and instilling that in the next generation. So again, for me, the idea of that is just really cool to come behind. And, you know, reading that story is honestly what, and Floria like is what really made me want to start talking more about stuff like this as a part of this new mini series of mine. Yeah, absolutely. I can appreciate that. And like I said, I just think it's a testament to just what kind of character he is. And I think he's got a bright future ahead as not only on the baseball field, but it seems like he's more than willing to be a stand-up guy off the field as well. So wish nothing best but the best for him moving forward, obviously. So it'll be interesting later in the month of June, certainly, to see where Max Clark goes. But I don't, I don't know about you, but he's certainly a guy that I'm going to be rooting for and hoping the best intentions for. And who knows, maybe in fantasy baseball, I'll be able to follow him more closely if I can acquire him on my team next year. Since, you know, we, we get that deep and it's not just about the majors, it's about who's coming up as well. So <laughs> hopeful for his future. So Joey, I'll let you go ahead and take us on this last topic since, you know, you kind of brought this up as somewhat breaking news of something happening around the state. So what do you got? Yeah, so th- this isn't as much of a field goal feel good story as the Max Clark story was but like Adam said it is breaking news this was just today actually the comments the Fort Wayne comments which is the ECHL minor league hockey team in Fort Wayne announced a new head coach today and that head coach was 33 year old Jesse Kalicki I think is how it says it's pronounced but Kalicki spent his last three seasons as an assistant coach with Florida and he led the he helped lead the Everblades to -to back-to-back Kelly Cup championships, which is obviously the championship of the ECHL. So there's a lot of optimism with this hire. The Comets GM was quoted as saying how successful Kalecki was in his assistant coaching role, and he hopes that he can bring a lot of that same success to the Comets. And, Adam, I'm not sure if you've ever been to a Comets game, but... I have not. When you talk minor league sports in Fort Wayne, yes, you have the 10 caps. A few weeks ago, we talked about the... Fort Wayne Mad Ants who are leaving Fort Wayne, but you can't talk about minor league sports in Fort Wayne without mentioning the Fort Wayne Comets. They're probably the most popular minor league team of any sport in the city, and they take their hockey seriously. And last year, while they did make the postseason, it was a down year for their expectations, and they wasted no time in switching coaches. So I hope for their sake and that fan base's sake that Kalecki is a good hire for them. Yeah, now I I know that I personally have never been to a Comets game, but what I can say about them, like you said and attested to a second ago, the following is is big up there. You know, even down south an hour where we live, well, where I live, you live, you know, much closer than I do to Fort Wayne. You know, 
there's a lot of people that I know that go to those games on a regular basis. Again, I think this all comes back, you know, I think there's a theme of this first episode and it's this idea of close experiences that maybe aren't professional, but you know, for the fan base, it's one of the biggest things. And I know that like, I see videos all the time of fans like screaming, you know, and recordings of, you know, the game film and whatnot and how those, you know, those teams typically do. But, you know, my thoughts on the head coach being so young is that, you know, if he has experience in hockey, you know, that's a great thing for the team coming up. Now, certainly you'd like, you know, for him to be, you know, maybe having coaching experience, but something that I'm actually reading in your notes that you didn't mention to a second ago is he was named coach of the year after a shortened COVID year in 2019 to 20. So, you know, there is qualifications for this hire, despite him being young, you know, there, you've got people like Sidney Crosby who, you know, have been playing since we were kids still in, you know, national hockey league. So maybe it'll lead to some long-term success for the franchise, certainly in Fort Wayne. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. I'm pretty much content on that topic, Adam. I'll pass it back over to you so you can end it however you feel. Well, I don't have a whole lot else either, obviously. And, you know, like we said, you know, these are just, you know, many episodes to cover, you know, maybe some of the more local things going on around the state that connect to the fan base, maybe at a personal level a little bit. And maybe it gets away more from the professional thing. So certainly I know I will say to everyone, this time of the year might be a little slower than what typically might come up, you know, in August or September, you know, as sports really ramp up for the fall. But for me this week, that's all I've got. And so I'll go ahead and, you know, tell everybody we're going to go ahead and sign off. So We'll do our traditional, you know, podcast ending like we do. So, Joey, I'll have you take the lead, and then I'll say my part. Yep. I, I, like Adam said, thank you for joining us. If you have any name suggestions, I think Adam's looking for some help naming this little series that he's starting. But I think tentatively we're planning on releasing this every Wednesday. We'll have our normal show every Tuesday. And then if you want to know where you can find us in all our show, social medias, we'll list that in the description. But – Until next week or until next Tuesday, God bless. And have a good week.